thank you, Jesus, for bunch of radicals for the Lord, amen? That's what I'm talking about. There's no other way, amen? Either wildfire or... That's right, fire, baby, fire. In case you haven't noticed. <laughs> oh, it's getting hot in here. Amen. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I guess I it's just kind of inappropriate or something. Sorry about that. I drink that a day. A gallon a day, Mr. Dr. Go Away. Something like that. <laughs> amen. All right. So everybody's good. Everybody's situated. Let me get an amen. 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 Those of you who don't know, uh, especially our, to our visitors, we are in a series that the Lord has um, given us, and it's entitled The Beginning. And it's, we are on our fifth week of it, our fifth week. And uh, so far, every week since then, since it happened, the Lord has been manifesting in such power and such fire. <laughs> like, it is amazing how the Lord is changing this youth group. It is amazing how just a couple hungry souls, just a couple, a couple, a little bit of, of uh, people that have a little bit of a pinch of a salt, right, and a little bit of a dim of a light, amen, could shine such a light so bright where it just, boom, blinds the evil, amen, where that salt of the earth is just amazing. It tastes so good, amen. Praise the Lord. Give me some more. So we're starting, we're going through the book of Matthew, and we're going for the most part chapter by chapter. And uh, this week we are on chapter 4. So if you could turn to your Bibles, uh, I'm sorry, no, uh, Matthew chapter 6. And if you could turn to your uh, Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, and since you, could put, uh, you could put that scripture up after we finish reading the main scripture. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Who, got, who does not have a Bible? If you do not have a Bible, just uh, try to share with somebody. Amen. And we'll have the scripture up there shortly. I just want you guys to look at that and the, uh, look at the artist's description of how Jesus taught on, um, on the, um, when he was preaching the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. I just looked that up, and it, was just, it really touched my heart, and that's what made me want to create this atmosphere here today. And uh, I just want to be like Jesus. Amen. I just want to bring it back old school. Is that okay with you? Amen. All right. So before we go on, well, what is... Before we go on, everybody repeat after me. Say de, a, sis. De, a, sis. De, sis. Which means prayer in Greek. Amen? Say it again. De, a, sis. De, a, sis. Which means in. Amen. Okay, so every week, ever since I started the, 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 the series at the beginning, I've been teaching you new words that go according to. Uh, the, the message, amen. So hopefully by the time we finish this, we'll be pretty good Greek speakers, amen. <laughs> amen, because we know that the New Testament was written in what language? That's right, the New Testament, amen. The Old Testament was written in what language? Hebrew, amen. Amen. So let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. And what is the title of that passage? <coughs> verse 5? I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse 5. I was like, what? Matthew, chapter 6, verse 5, what is the title of that? Prayer. Prayer, amen. Okay, so let's read. And when you pray, this is Jesus speaking, by the way, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for, uh, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now when, in verse 7 he says, when, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. Babbling, uh, if you read the King James Version, New King James Version, and the Amplified Version, they all say um, um, re- repetitive. Do not keep on repeating your words and babbling. Do not keep on, da, 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 Lord, do this, Lord, do this, Lord, do this. Do not keep on doing it like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. It doesn't matter how many words you speak. All you really need to say, if you really mean it from your heart, is Jesus, I love you. And that's enough, baby. Come on, amen. That's all you need to say, Lord, I love you. That's all you know how to say. If, that's, if you've just been born again and that's all you know how to say, then say, Lord, I love you. And you mean it from your heart. And you mean it. 
with everything that you have, man, the Lord will come into you with power. The Holy Spirit will speak through you, amen? And then you will be able to move within the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Because, I mean, I wasn't always a public speaker, guys. I was, I was a very shy kid when I was younger. It's going a little off the topic, but a uh, message. But when I was in kindergarten, my kindergarten teacher thought I was deaf. I couldn't hear. And uh, that's because I was so shy. I didn't talk to anybody. You know what I mean? This is not, kindergarten is just an example, but this is all me up until like my, really my freshman year of college, you know, when I started taking speech class or whatever. But you see, that's how shy I was. My, my grandma would come home. I would, or, or any visitor really, but for some reason my grandmother, I don't know why I was so scared of her, but I would run into my bed and any visitor, I would run into my bed and I would not leave until that visitor left because I was so shy to introduce myself or anything like that. And my mom and that visitor would be like, hey, Adolfo, come on, come on outside. What are you doing? Why is he scared? Mm-mm, mm-mm. I was just looking at him, mm-mm, And I, I was seriously, I would, li- I would seriously stay there for hours. Hours. You ask my mom, next time my mom comes to church, I will stay there for hours until they left. It was almost like I was fasting, but I didn't know what fasting was then. Okay? It was just like, it was nuts. And then my, my teacher, my kindergarten teacher uh, um, wanted to make a, or well, made a meeting with my mother. And my sister was there to translate for my mother. And my, my mom was like, all of, I remember I was just playing with, like, some toy cars, and then all of a sudden I hear my mom, Kid, what? Adolfo, get over here. And I'm just like, oh, no. You know, I'm like, I'm in trouble now. And then my mom was like, say something. Hi. And my teacher was just like, what in the world? Like, you talk, you, you hear, like, you, you are a normal child, <laughs> you know? I was so shy that my teacher actually thought I was deaf. It was nuts. You know what I mean? But see, when the Spirit begins to manifest in you, it doesn't matter. When the Spirit, when you truly open your heart to Christ, the, the Spirit will speak for you. You see, you might not know what to say, but the Spirit always knows what to say. You know what I mean? It speaks for you. It knows what to pray for because it sees things, and it knows your surroundings, and it knows what you're going through. Amen? You see, we had a couple kids here that had some... Uh, that's some, that's some shy kids, amen? You know what? And I said they could testify. And uh, if they're ready, I want you to raise your hand if you're ready. If you're that person who, who IM'd me on Facebook, if you're ready, raise your hand for this to testify. Come on. Come on, shy person. There is a shy person. Mari, please get up here. <laughs> No, come on, sister, come on. Give her a hand of applause. Just, I just want you to testify. That's it. Just testify. Testify. Somebody say, testify. 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 <laughs> just, just say how, who you were before, who, what God took you out of, and who you are now. Because you are a mighty woman of God. Amen. Come on. Those of you who have really seen the leaders who have seen this girl grow, amen. Come on.
Amen. Good job. Good job. Lower me down just a lot. Thank you. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. And we are good. Thank you. So I'm just going to testify one thing about Mighty, man. Mighty, I'm so proud of you, first of all. Just thank you so much. But, like, when two times, just lower me down a little bit more. Two times when um, I told her, I'm like, Mighty, just, 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 just pray. Because every, so every so often, I'll just randomly give you the mic. Whoop. Like in the middle of worship or whatever it is, just pray. Just let the, let, let encourage each other because we encourage each other with our prayers. Amen. Some of us, I might be going through something that you're going through, and then the, the Lord has delivered me from it, and then you know, darn skipper, the Lord is going to deliver you from it. Amen. Now, you see, I was like, Marty, go ahead and pray. And then she would just look at me. She would look at me. She's like, no, no, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. She was so shy. And tears begin to go fall, fall down from my eyes. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And that's serious, guys. Like the Lord did not give you a spirit of timidity. Okay, He gave you a spirit of power. Amen. A power, a furious power. Amen. The power of the Holy Spirit to speak out and preach His word. And it happened twice. And then I'm just like, you know what, Lord, I'm just gonna pray for him. And we were praying for, her. we were interceding for her. And we, all the leaders, knew this. And we all, we were all praying for her because we know these problems. And one day, the first day. Of this series five weeks ago I don't know if you remember but then it was just, the, the Lord just came down so powerful during worship and during prayer it was amazing and I said Marty you testify you testify right now you, you just pray and she was like yeah like a fearless warrior like an Amazon warrior yeah! <laughs> oh it was powerful man I looked at her I was like Lord okay girl give me back the mic no but it was good man it was awesome Marty I'm very proud of you guys you too girl you're awesome Amen. We are building up some fearless leaders in here. Amen. Amen. So let's keep on reading. Um, Lower me down just a little bit, sister, just a little bit. Okay, so do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. That was verse 8. Now we're going to go to verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. And everybody's heard this before, especially if you're Catholic in the past. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Verse 14. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive yours. Mm. So, Let's break that passage down a little bit, okay? We're going to break that down so we have more of an understanding. Because the Lord gave this prayer. Because the, the guys, the, the disciples, they really didn't know how to pray. All they knew how to pray was their, was their religious tongue, their religious talk, how they would say the same thing over and over and over again. But you see, the Lord doesn't ask for that. Jesus says, I want prayers from your heart. I don't want a repetitive prayer that's over and over and over again. This is where um, the Catholic Church is, is uh, somewhat contradicting. Because it even says it in verse uh, 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling. Do not keep on repeating your prayers. Yet they repeat the Lord's prayer over every, every mass service, every mass service. And I know because I was a, a Catholic for 20 years of my life. Because I was baptized Catholic and everything like that. You see, I know this. And I'm able to testify that. You see, and it's wrong. It's not right. And it's, it's contradicting to the word of God. And the word of God is not contradicting. Okay? It does not contradict itself. Man contradicts it. Okay? Therefore, we need to go according to the word of God. And the disciples did not know how to pray. And they said, Lord, how, how do we pray? And he gave the example. This is how you would pray. This is an example. Just like I would say, hey, you want an example how to pray? And I do give examples. I said, dear Lord, come into my life. I, I heard your message. I heard what you had to tell me. And I, and I, and I receive it. With my mouth, I confess, I am born again in Jesus' name. Protect me and guide me. That's an example. Does that mean you're going to say the same thing over and over and over every day, every morning, every night before you go to sleep? No, it doesn't mean that, okay? Now, you see, let's break this down. Sister, go ahead and put the passage up for us, please. Verse 9. So, this is then how you should pray. And he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, name represents the person of the name and his reputation. So our Father in heaven, which is who? Jesus. Well, specifically, who God, uh, Jesus was talking to the Father, God, right? So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, the name of the Father. Name represents a person, okay, and the reputation of that person. And in Scripture, it's used to express 
five main characteristics, five main reputations of, of, of God the Father, okay? And those of you who are taking notes, okay, number one is his omnipresence. And those of you who heard the uh, past messages and memorized them, omnipresence is the fact that he, he's everywhere at all times, always, always there. His omnipresence. Number two, the scripture is used to express his majesty and dominion over his creatures animals, human beings, okay, his majesty and dominion over creatures. Number three, his power and might. Number four, his omniscience, and omniscience is infinite knowledge, God's infinite knowledge, omniscience. Number five, his infinite purity and holiness. His infinite purity and holiness. So let's go through every one of them, okay? So our Father... In heaven, hallowed be your name. Name represents his omnipresence. And if you could turn to your Bibles to First Kings, um, yeah, First Kings, chapter eight, verse twenty-seven. Now we're going to be working the word a little bit right now, okay? Because each one, all five, have a scripture reference. So we're going to go to First Kings, chapter eight. We're going old school. Somebody said we're going old school. Amen. Old Testament. First Kings, chapter 8, verse 27. Let me get an amen when you're there. Amen. The majority of you there, you get an amen. It's just you up there. Amen. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. You see, his omnipresence, he's everywhere at all times, everywhere. And he has but will God really dwell on earth? You see, the heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you, God. Even the highest heaven cannot contain him. He cannot be contained in a ball. That the same way I cannot contain him in the palm of my hand and say, this is God. I can't do that. I have to look at the world. I have to look at everything that the, the world has. The sky, the blue sky, the blue ocean, the, the fish that swim in it, the birds that fly in it, the trees, the forest, the rivers. That is God. That is God. Man, creation, that is God. Because we are created in his image. We cannot say this is God. We can't do that. It is impossible. It is ignorant. We can't do that. Because uh, God cannot just really dwell in earth alone. He cannot really dwell in heaven alone. He cannot contain. He cannot be contained. He's everywhere. He's omnipresence. Amen? Number two, his majesty and dominion over his creatures. Let's go to Second Chronicles. Another Another old school passage, just to let you know, all five are, are um, Old Testament passages. So Second Chronicles, those of you who don't know where those books are, look in the beginning of your Bible, and there's a table of contents, okay? And that's how I learned. Excuse me, that's how I learned, okay? So just don't be ashamed of that. Everybody has to start somewhere. Second Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 6. And we are talking, number two, his majesty and dominion over his creatures. Let me get an amen with you there. You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hands, and no one can withstand you. His majesty and dominion over all his creatures. Over God's creatures. God created the creatures. God created man. He is majestic. He is our king. And he dominates everything. You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hands. That is domination. You have dominion over us. You have the power and might in your hands. And no one can withstand you. No one can withstand you, Lord. Number three, his power and might. His power and might, and that's going to be found in Psalms chapter 115, verse 3. His power and might, Psalms chapter 115, verse 3. Let me get an amen when you're there. It's only me so far, okay. Amen, all right, amen. So his power and might, Psalms chapter 115, verse 3. Our God is in heaven, he does whatever he pleases him. That's it? That's it? That's the message? Go home in peace. (laughs) Amen? Our God is in heaven, he does whatever he pleases. That's it? Amen? That is God. That is 
That is, uh, that is his omnipresence. That is his majesty. That is his dominion. That is his power and might. That is his power. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Hallelujah. That is why we are his creation. We are his children. We are not his. Uh, he is not our children. We do not make the rules with him. There is no compromising with God. It's either his way or no way at all. It's either his way or the highway. You either get on the boat or you get off. Amen. If you're on the boat, you're, you're good. You're alive. But if you're on the boat, off the boat, you're drowning. And you might not see it, but you're drowning. You're drowning in your sins. You're drowning in your rebellion. You're drowning in your lust. You're drowning in your perversion. You're drowning in your adultery. And for those of you who don't know what adultery is, adultery is cheating on your wife. And guess what? The Bible calls us uh, his bride. We are the bride of Christ. Therefore, we are the bride. Amen. He is the bride's groom, okay? And, he, and we, if we do not serve him, we are adulterers because we're cheating on him. We have idols if that's the case. Amen. We have idols. Baseball, my might be an idol. Football might be an idol. Video games might be an idol. Guess what? We're cheating on God with those things. We are adulterers. We are the wife that's cheating on the husband with those things. You understand me? This, that's why he calls this you perverse and adulterous generation. You perverse and adulterous generation. It's getting real right now. You understand me? If you do not serve God, you are a perverse and adulterous person because you cheat on god you are his you are his bride you are supposed to be made holy you are supposed to be made righteous pure but if you do not serve him you are cheating on him you are whoring yourself you're a slut let's put it let's let's put it in a language we understand okay we're all from the city you guys know who knows what sex is raise your hand who knows what drugs are who knows what weed is who knows what alcohol is Therefore, you guys know what a slut is, okay? And a slut is a girl that's not good, okay? She doesn't stick with one man. And guess what? If you do not serve God, you are an adulterous and perverse person. Therefore, you're around, okay? Amen? I had to take it there. Those of you who don't work, I don't know if I was losing some of you guys, and I said, okay, you're a slut. Okay, that's it. If you do not serve God, you are a floozy, okay? The world is pimping you. The devil is pimping you, and he slaps you around. You understand me? You are his prostitute. He does whatever he, he, you do, whatever he says. You are his puppet. And if you do not do it right, he slaps you around until you do it right. You understand me? That's what the devil does to you. He, looks, he makes you look like a fool. But God makes us righteous. God makes us holy. God made us in his image. He made us in his image. Therefore, we are supposed to walk in the light and the glory of God. And we are supposed to be prepared for his coming. We are the bride waiting for the bridegroom to come. And he wants to see us prepared for him. Amen. Amen. Woo! Come on, preaching. Hallelujah. Number three, his omniscience. His infinite knowledge, his omniscience, his infinite knowledge, and that scriptural reference is in Psalms, same, same book, Psalms chapter 33, verse 13. Psalms chapter 33, verse 13, and we are talking about his omniscience, his infinite knowledge. Let me get an amen with you there. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind from his dwelling place. He watches all who live on earth. So let's read that again, okay? Now I want you guys to really read carefully with me, okay? Read your, look at your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, look at the screen, okay? So we're talking about his omniscience, his infinite knowledge. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees some of mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches some who live on earth. From his dwelling place, he watches certain people who live on earth. From his dwelling place, he watches only Christians who live on earth. What does it say? From his dwelling place, he watches who live on earth. He watches all. He watches all. Everybody. Meaning you're a Christian or not a Christian. Meaning you're, you're, you're living for God or you're not living for God. God is still looking at you. God still knows what is in your heart. He knows who you're cheating on him with. He knows. He sees you. He is omniscient. He is all knowledgeable. He knows everything. He sees everything. Okay? So we can't hide anything from him. Therefore, repent while you still can. 
you better ask for forgiveness while you still can. Because his love and mercy is there, but his love and mercy is gone once you're dead. And it's judgment time. And that goes for everybody, including myself. And the Bible says that I, as a pastor, will be uh, judged more severely than any one of you. Because I preach the word. And I have to live the example for you guys. Amen. So come on, let the Lord, let the fear of the Lord be instilled in you as it is in me. Hallelujah. Come on, number five, the last one. His infinite purity and holiness. His infinite purity and holiness. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 57. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. We are talking about his purity, his infinite purity and holiness. Come on, as we should be. Let me get an aim when we were there. Isaiah 57, verse 15. Amen. I live, this is God speaking, I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in the spirit to receive the spirit of the lowly and receive the heart of the contrite. I think I might have the wrong scripture. Let's just focus, but you don't know no, I had the right scripture, actually, because we're supposed to focus on the first one. He, uh, his infinite purity and holiness. I live in a high and holy place. Amen? I think I might be reading from the wrong version. What is that right there? For this is what the high and lofty one says. He who lives forever, his name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with him. Okay, same thing. Amen. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. That's my, that's my bad. My apologies. But nonetheless, his infinite purity and holiness, that's what his name represents. And we see that when he says, I live in a high and holy place. And high and holy place is what place? Heaven. God lives in heaven. Therefore, if, in order for us to get to heaven, we need to be born again. Amen, right? You need to be born again. John 33, you, uh, Jesus says, nobody may enter the kingdom of God unless he is born that's right. And when you're born again, you're made a new creation, right? You're made a new person, right? A new creature, a new and holy creature. We live a holy life. We live a righteous life like I was just talking about. And you cannot get into heaven unless you live that lifestyle. Amen? Not to say we are earning our grace, because our, our, our salvation, because our, our salvation is given by grace, but we are expected to do something, because James says that uh, salvation without... Uh, uh, Salvation without works is dead. Salvation without works is dead. Okay? And we got to remember that, guys. We can't just sit around and say, I'm saved, I'm good, I'm okay. No. We have to keep on pushing. We have to reach the tens and thousands. Amen? We have to reach Prosser. We have to reach Foreman High School. And then after we reach them, we have to go for Calvin Park. And after Calvin Park, Lakeview. And after Lakeview, Simons. And after Simons, Lane Tech. And after Lane Tech, Amundsen. And after Amundsen, Roosevelt. And after Roosevelt, all of the city, amen? There's a lot of high schools, and I can't name them all right now. All of CPS and the private schools, amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, and then we see right here your kingdom, and then we're, we're done with that. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We, we figured out, we, we explained every, all five things that, that represent God's name. Uh, it, it represents his omnipresence, his majesty, and dominion over the creatures, his power and might, his omniscience, his infinite knowledge, and his purity and holiness. Hallelujah. And now we're going to go down to your kingdom come. You see, Jesus says as a request for God's presence and power to reign, to come more and more completely until it's fully here. You understand me? That should be our prayer. What do we pray here, right, right when we're worshiping? Lord, come on, let us feel your presence. Let us feel your fire. Come on, Lord. We want more. We want more. We want more. What are we saying? What are we doing? Uh, uh, we, what are we uh, getting the example from? Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come, God. Your kingdom come. Your presence come. Your fire come, God. The key word is come. Come down, Lord. Come bring your presence, Lord. Let us feel you like we have never felt you. Come down inside of us, Lord. Dwell down through us, oh God. Amen. So your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And a reminder in how we must always walk within God's will of the kingdom coming. So we must always constantly keep in mind that God's will is going to come. The kingdom is going to come. And we need to walk in within his will and live for him. Amen. Give us today our daily bread. I love this one. Give us today our daily bread. Meet our needs daily, God. 
Give us our daily bread. Lord Father, I don't want yesterday's bread. I don't want last week's bread. I don't want stale bread. I want new bread. I want a fresh bread. I want it right out the oven. I want it hot melting in my mouth. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I want it new, God. Meet our needs daily and spiritually feed us every single day, Lord. Every time you see me going hungry, just come up. Thank you, Lord. I want more. Amen. Come on, feed us, man. We're like little kids. We're like babies. Lord, come on. Ah, give me more, man, you know. And he's going to look at you. Come on. Have you had enough? No, no, no. I want some more. I want some more. You keep on going. Come on. You feed off that glory of the Lord. Amen. Come on, Jesus. A good example of that is when Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai with God. He spent 40 nights, 40 days and 40 nights with God. How is that possible for a human being to go up a mountain without any food or without any physical water, any physical food to eat and live and come down feeling like a million bucks? His face, he got, he got a face job, like, whoop, you know, it was all glistening and shiny. His hair was all glistening and shiny. He had to wear a veil over his head because it was just too bright for people to look at. It was the glory truly fell on him. And how is it possible that he went up there for 40 days and 40 nights without any food? It's not possible to a human aspect, but a spiritual aspect, it is there. Because he was fulfilling God's prayer, give us our daily bread. He gave us our bread. He, gave, he was given bread daily, every day. He was given the, the, the living water every day to drink. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, Lord. Forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. You see, sin is represented with the word debt. See, when we sin, we owe God something. Okay? We owe him something. We, we, like, Lord, we, we owe you some, we're in debt now. We, we, we've, uh, we, we sin against you. And how we, uh, you know, repentance, boom, and it's paid for. Amen? That's what Jesus said. Amen? You see, so sin is represented with the word debt. Jesus shows us how we must live a lifestyle of repentance and forgiveness toward others. Okay? Forgive us of our debts, Lord. Forgive us of our sins as we have also forgiven the, the, uh, others, other people's sins. Amen? So, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do not lead us through trials so deep that they would tempt us to be unfaithful to you, God. That's basically what he's saying. Do not lead me into a trial, because he's going to lead us to trials. He's going to lead us to trials. Expect it. Being a Christian is not the easiest thing in the world. It's one of the hardest things in the world. But it's definitely, number one, most fulfilling thing in the world. Because the, the fruit of the Spirit is instilled inside of you. And, oh, come on, hallelujah, we got heaven, praise the Lord. You know what I mean? Our treasures not, might not be in here, but our treasures are definitely stored in heaven. Amen? So do not lead us through the trials so deep that they would tempt us to be unfaithful to you. Okay? So we must keep in mind that every single believer has a target, has a target on their head. Okay, every believer here, every single person in here, if you're a believer and you love Jesus, you're walking around, you're walking around with a bullseye in your head. You understand me? And what is that bullseye exactly? It's, it's, a, it's a bullseye, it's a target with flaming arrows pointing at it. You see, in Ephesians 6, God tells us to, or, or Paul tells us to pick up your shield of faith. He's, he's describing the armor of God, breastplate uh, of righteousness, you know, the helmet of salvation, amen, the sword, which is our word, hallelujah. But he also says that one of the last ones is your shield of faith so that it may distinguish the flaming arrows of the devil, okay? So we got to keep in mind that as we walk around this earth, as we walk around there, especially when you're preaching the word of God is getting the devil angry, you are walking around with a big bullseye. With flaming arrows pointing right at you. Okay? It's spiritual warfare. So we must continuously be in prayer for strength and holy fire to dwell within us at all times. Because as long as we got the Holy Spirit, those, 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 um, those arrows, those flaming arrows are nothing but toothpicks. Amen? They, they can't even pierce the skin. Okay? They can't even get within five feet of me. Okay? Amen? Hallelujah? Praise the Lord. Ain't nothing going to happen to me because no weapon shall prosper. Amen. No weapon formed against me through the Holy Spirit power that dwells in me shall prosper. Nothing. Nothing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on. Whew. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Praise the Lord. You see, now let's go to some examples of prayer right now in the, New, in the New Testament specifically. Let's go to Luke chapter 23, verse 46. 
Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Luke chapter 23, verse 46, amen? Amen. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Okay? So what did he say? Father, into your hands. And he didn't just say it. He said it with a loud voice. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, it was his last breath. That was it. And he died on the cross. It was when he was being crucified. Just like Jesus breathed his last, every single person on this earth will also. Everybody will have a last breath on this earth, and that's it. They die. That's the one thing that's definitely guaranteed on this earth, and that's death. Okay? You know, those of you who are evangelizing with me, I use this uh, statistic a lot. And it's the fact that every person, a person, one person dies every three seconds. You guys ever heard me say that before, right? I say it a lot because it really, like, when you, when, when it, like, a person's like, ah, yeah, I'll get, I'll, you know, whatever. Uh, I'll, I'm not ready right now. Probably when I'm, like, 30, I have a wife, well, I'll settle down, I'll get, you know, whatever, I'll start getting into God. It's like, well, you're not guaranteed that, brother. You ain't getting guaranteed that. So a person dies every three seconds, how do you know you're not that next person? But it was a while since I made, since I checked that statistic. And I checked it today. I was just curious. And I was like, man, it's been a while. It's been like two years or so. And I'm like, I wonder how that's doing. So I checked it out, and it's actually risen. So it's no longer a person dies every three seconds. It's a person dies every second. Every second a person dies on this earth. 107 people die per minute. Every minute that is spent on this earth, a per, it's 107 people die. That means 6,390 people die per hour. That means 153,000 people, 153,000 people die per day, which means 56 million people die a year. 56 million a year just die. And that's murders, that's off of diseases, that's off of natural causes. That's just the average, guys. Okay, that's the average. Now imagine when something like uh, Hurricane Katrina comes. It, whoop, it skyrockets that year. It makes it go that much faster. People die every second. 107 people per minute. My goodness. My goodness. 107 people die every minute. And it might not add, add up, because I know you, you're like looking at it, like, shouldn't it be 60 people or something like that? But for some reason, the statistics show that it's 107 per minute. It's nuts. I don't know how that mathematically works out, but it's, hey, it's there, and it's true, man. 107 people per minute. One person a second. Five people just died right now on this earth, and they breathed their last. I pray that the Lord has mercy on their soul. And I pray that they were living for him. Because if they weren't, and they refused, and they, they continued to live in their adulterous and perverse, perverse way, they're going to hell. That's the sad truth. And it might not seem fair to us, but our God is a just God. He does whatever he pleases. He does whatever he thinks is right. He is an infinite God. Who has the beginning? Who, who was born? Who was born here? Born, physically, born, your birthday, huh? right? So you have a start, right? But God, infinite. See, when we want to get to know God, I used to say this a lot back in the day. You see, when we want to get to know God, like when we go to heaven and everything, it's like, man, I have all of eternity forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever to get to know God. Forever. Isn't that awesome, right? We were like, God, I'm going to get to know you. We're going to have an awesome relationship. We're going to be buddies. Amen. We're going to be awesome. I'm going to worship you forever. But even in eternity will not be enough time to really know who God is. Because every single, one, every single person here has a beginning. And even if your beginning was two or 3,000 years ago and you're in heaven now, you still have no clue, not even the slightest bit of who God is. Because God is an infinite God. We might have an eternity to spend with God. 
but we will never know who he really is. We have a beginning, and we cannot comprehend who God really is. He's just that holy. He's that righteous. And as a righteous and holy God, he's just. And he's able to send people to hell. That's his judgment. That's his call. Lord, amen. I'll serve you either way. That puts even more of a holy fear of the Lord in me. Amen. See, so 107 people within the bandits just passed. Might have gone to hell. Lord, have mercy. Send revival, God. Jesus' name. From, from the very beginning, Jesus was connected with God. From, from when Jesus came on this earth, he was connected with God. The only time Jesus was separated from the Father was when he was being crucified. You see, Jesus, for a short, well, let me, let me back up. You ever heard, you, you guys heard, Abba, Abba, why have you forsaken me? When he was on the cross, right, he was sighing, and it, one of his last words, he said, Abba, Abba, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And he cries out. He cries out. You see, you guys ever wondered that? It's like, wait, if Jesus is so connected to God, why, why is he saying, God, why have you forsaken me? You guys ever wondered that? Right? That's, it's, it's a hard one, too. You know what I mean? And it puzzled me for a little bit. Take care, brother. And it puzzled me for a little bit. But you see, here's the answer. The only time that Jesus was separated from the Father, his whole entire life on this earth, Jesus, the God-man, uh, was separated from the Father was when he was being crucified. So when he was being crucified, when he was suffering, he was separated from the Father. Jesus, for a short time, had to experience the complete abandonment from God in which we all deserve. None of us deserve his grace. None of us deserve his mercy. None of us. Not one person on this earth. Only one person that walked on this earth out of all history deserves it, and that's Jesus Christ himself. Because he walked a perfect life. But you see, for that moment that he was being crucified, that he was suffering, he felt that pain, guys. It was very real. The skin was ripped off right his back. His beard ripped off his face. You unrecognizable. He was beaten so bad that he was unrecognizable. And for that moment, when he was suffering, God abandoned him so that he may take that away from us. So he may experience truly all, every hurt on this earth for us. Because when he died, he took our sicknesses, he took our sorrows, and he took our sins. The three S's. Sicknesses, sorrows, and our sins. And he took it all on that cross for you. For you. That's why when he felt that abandonment, he's like, God, why? Father, why have you abandoned me? But you see, he realized later on, he's like, this is what I need to do. He knew it. You see, and even then, when Jesus felt the abandonment, he prayed. What did he pray? Even though he felt that abandonment, he knew what was going on. He prayed, into your hands, God, into your hands, I commit my spirit. God, he still said, to your hands, God, I commit my spirit. It's yours. You see, how much more should we be in constant prayer to establish a true relationship and commitment like that which God had with Jesus? How much more should we be in prayer? How much more should we be constantly in the presence of the Lord? How much more should we walk daily in holiness and in righteousness and without sin? And when we do sin, we will sin. How much more do we need to repent daily? Every moment we need to repent. Say, Lord, keep me holy, keep me pure, because I want to be ready when you come back. Hallelujah, Lord. Let's turn to your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Still early, guys. Amen. Amen. Ten thirty. Yeah, it's okay. Saturday night. Friday night. Amen. Feels like Saturday night. Galatians two twenty. Let me get amen. We there. Amen. I have been crucified with Christ. This is Paul speaking. The apostle wrote two thirds of the New Testament. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in my body, in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live. That's what Paul said. You see, 
our prayers should acknowledge our complete commitment to the will of God. Our our prayer life, our life in general, should always acknowledge our complete commitment to the will of God. We should be crucified with, with Christ, and we should no longer live. You understand me? We should uh, verbalize this as Jesus did. You understand me? He said it. We should verbalize it as well. When he said, I commit my spirit to you, I live for you. And just like Paul said it, we should verbalize it like Jesus and Paul did. We should express our love for God and our desire to be completely committed to him and everything and ask for his help to live such a life. Because such a life is very hard, but it's a life we must live. And we need to stay commit, committed to him and everything and ask for his help. To live such a life. Turn to your Bibles to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Towards the end of your Bible. Let me get an amen you there. Okay, let's go down to verse 7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he, of, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. You see, during the days of Jesus, the author of Hebrews says, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. He was heard. He was heard. Jesus was heard because of his reverent submission. Jesus was always in prayer, and at times they were consumed with loud cries and tears. They expressed his deep sense of humble submission to the will of God. Those tears and those cries and those prayers and those petitions, they expressed the humble, the humility, the humble submission that was within Christ. Amen? Look at, let's look at the, uh, some intercession prayer. Interceding. Intercession. Stay, standing in the gap for another person. Amen? Those of you don't know, who don't know what uh, intercession is, uh, the good old saying is, if, if, if my brother Lewis is, is in sin, he's living in the world, he's not born again yet, okay? And I'm over here, and I'm saying, Lord, no, 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 and Jesus is over here. He's right here, sitting right here, and Lewis is right there. And I'm going to stand right here in the gap, and I'm going to say, Lord, I pray for my brother Lewis, and I'm interceding for him. Although he might not be praying, I'm praying for him. I'm saying, Lord, change his life. Lord, Father, I pray that you give him visions, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you awaken him in the middle of the night with conviction and the fear of the Lord instilled in his heart, God. And I pray that you drive him to his knees and that he represents who you really are, God. I pray for the fear of the Lord to be instilled now in Jesus' name. You begin to intercede for people. We, we, I intercede for my mother. I intercede for my sister, who both people right now are going through a divorce. Pray for my mother. Pray for my sister, because both of them are going through a divorce now. How in the world that happens, I have no idea. Actually, I do. It's the lies of the devil. The devil is a liar. Well, my, sister was, my, my mom's been going through a divorce for quite a bit now, but my sister was just going through a divorce and she, and she was talking, and I just, just like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. They just bought a house. They have kids. And I, she finished talking, and I just looked at her, and I'm like, the devil's a liar. And I don't know if she understood that or not. But you see, when we say the devil's a liar, he really is a liar. You see, how many of, how many of our native, native language is English? Like, I, I was born to speak English, right? My mom's native language is Spanish. The devil's native language is lies. That's all he speaks. There's no truth that comes out of his mouth. No truth whatsoever. He is a liar because he tells lies. You understand me? He's a liar. And he deceives people. And according to Peter, in chapter uh, 2 Peter, he says that he waits around like a roaring lion ready to devour his, his next uh, prey. He's walking around waiting for you, especially you guys. Oh, yeah, you better believe he's waiting for you guys. He's waiting. He's sending those, 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 those good-looking girls your ways, fellas, with showing cleavage and showing all this and that and, and just flaunting themselves around. Yeah, he's, he's sending them to you. 
Girls, he's sending that, that sweet guy that just wants to whisper sweet nothings to your ears. You're so beautiful. Mm, you're so beautiful, girl. Let me get your number. Yeah, he's sending that guy to you. Come on, man. He ain't playing no jokes. The devil's been around for a long time. You understand me? He knows the Bible then better than anybody here. He does. He, he tried to use the Bible against Jesus Christ himself. But he didn't, he didn't understand that the Jesus Christ was the Word, and within the Word was Christ. You understand? He was the Word. He is the Word. So when he speaks, he speaks the Word. So he's trying to use the Word against the Word. It wasn't working. It wasn't working. It was stupid. The devil's dumb. You understand me? He's weak. He's pathetic. He is nothing but a little chihuahua with a pink tutu. That's all he is. He's a punk. He's a sissy. You understand me? And that's only because we have Christ in our lives. Hallelujah. You see, when we don't have Christ in our lives, he's stronger than us. When we do not have Jesus Christ in our life, the devil, when we do not have Jesus Christ in our lives, the devil is strong. And he is stronger than you if you do not have Jesus Christ in your life. You understand me? I'm, I, I'm trying to make this as clear as day right now. If you do not have Jesus in your life, if you are not living for God, the devil has you wrapped around his pinky. And he, you are his puppet. You understand me? But the second we acknowledge that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior, and you begin to live for him, hallelujah. He's that chihuahua with the pink tutu. And he just, <laughs> that's all he is. That's all he is. And all you have to do is kick him like a football. <laughs> kick him away. Boom. It's good. Yeah. All right. I'm going to walk holy. Amen. Come on, man. Out of my way, devil. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ah, I love it. Amen. We can have fun. We can have fun, right? How many believe God has a sense of humor? Amen. Amen. That's right. So let's talk about some intercession. Hallelujah. Christ interceded for his disciples individually. Okay. We're going we're gonna, to uh, focus on three ways God interceded. Okay. See, God or, or Christ, Christ interceded uh, for his disciples individually. And this is going to be found in Luke chapter uh, 22, verse 32. You don't have to turn there, but if you want to write it down, write it down as a note. You see Christ interceded for his disciples individually. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. You see, I have prayed for you, Simon, my disciple. I've prayed for you. He prayed for them individually. He prayed for them as a group. And in John chapter 17, verse 6 through 19, all of that passage right there, it's awesome. He's, and the title of that passage is, Jesus prays for his disciples with the S and N, okay? He, he prayed for them as a group. He, uh, to, and he also prayed, he interceded for all the believers, all the believers, even those who weren't a disciple yet. He prayed for the believers. And we go, we, uh, go to John chapter 17, verse 20 to 26. All that passage is, is entitled, Jesus prays for all believers. Hallelujah. He intercedes. And one more example that Jesus intercedes is he interceded for those who hate him and mocked him. Jesus interceded for those he hated and mocked him. You see, I love Lewis, and if Lewis was living for God, he's still a close friend of mine. He's still my boy. He's still close to me, you see. And so I'm going to intercede for him, right? I'm going to say, Lord, come into his life, right? Change his life. Come on, Lord. It's still the fear. It's still the fire. It's still an awakening. God instilled it in him, right? Because I love him. It's easy. But how easy is it to intercede for somebody that hates you and that mocks you? It's not as easy, guys. And that takes humility. And the best example of humility is found in Christ. Amen? It says it in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Amen? And he was heard because Jesus was heard with his cries and his, and his prayers because of his reverent submission. Because he was humble. Because he submitted to the will of God. You see, we need to be humble and pray not just for those that we love, not just for the believers, not just for the body of Christ, but those who are outside of the body. Those who are outside of the church, those who when we witness to, they literally spit on our Bibles. Those who we uh, witness to, they come and they just, just mess, try to mess everything up. They come, they mock, they just they swear, they curse up a storm. We got to intercede for them as well. You see why the best example is found in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. You see, when, we, when we're witnessing our process to high school or foreman, wherever we go, and there's people, there's gangbangers that come by and they try to just, just, they just try to distract as much as possible and they try to mock as much as possible. 
we got to look at them and say, Lord, forgive them. Because they truly, they truly do not know what they're doing. They don't know who they're messing with. They don't mess with, they do not know who they're mocking. They're mocking a mighty big God, and they do not know it. Have mercy, Lord. We have to intercede for them as well, because they do not know what they're doing. Amen? So, and we find that even the Holy Spirit is involved in intercession. Even the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, hallelujah, come on, man. The Holy Spirit, we are the temple of the, of the what? We are the temple of the? Amen. And within us is the Holy Spirit, so, and even that intercedes for us. Part of the Godhead, the third person, the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And we find that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And that's found in Romans chapter 8, verse 27, when Paul writes to the Romans, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance, in accordance with God's will. Amen. He intercedes for you. So even when you don't know what to say, even though even when you don't know what to pray, the spirit begins to pray for you. It begins to speak for you, begins to intercede for you, because although you don't know what to say, it knows. It knows. Amen. Come on. So we need we need to see that Christ intercedes for the believer in heaven. I guess I really want you guys to get this. Okay. Write this down if you can. So we see that Christ intercedes for the believer in heaven. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, intercedes within the believer on earth. You see how that works? You see, so we see that Christ intercedes in heaven because he is our mediator. Amen. So when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Right? So he, he, is, he, is our, um, he, he talks to the Father on our behalf. And then the Spirit intercedes within the believer on earth here right now. Amen. So prayer is not how to get what we want in our lives. You guys understand this, right? This is our closing right here. This is our closing right now. So pay attention right now. So prayer is not how we get what we want in our lives right now, but it is how to get what God wants in our lives. It's not what we want. It's what God wants. It's not our will. It's what God's will. Not my will, but your will be done, God. Amen? You see, God wants to reveal himself and his plans to you, Elevate. Because of this, we must stop and listen to him. Don't just speak to him all the time. Don't just speak, guys. Allow him to guide you like a toddler depends on their parent to guide them. We must also have the spiritual mentality. You see, like a toddler, you, you see a little kid being, being dragged around with a hand by, by the parent, right? Okay, we're going to turn left now. Okay, we're going to cross the street now. Give me your hand, right? It's, gonna, it's guiding me. Lord, guide me. I am your child. I am that toddler. Spiritually, Lord, Father, please guide me. Because I can't do this without you. Amen? You see, so we can't just, when, when, you, when you're in your own prayer time, when you're in your prayer closet, and you're spending your time with the Lord uh, intimately by yourself, you see, it's awesome when we cry out. It's awesome that, that, that we're worshiping with everything that we have. But we got to also remember, especially, specifically, especially when you're by yourself, in your prayer closet, spending your alone time with God, you got to just sit and listen. You just got to, okay, Lord, you heard my prayers. You heard my repentance. You heard my request. Now, Father, speak to me. Speak to me, God. I just, I just wait. Lord, come on. I'm going to wait on you. You see, one of my professors in college, he, um, his, his name is Professor, um, Professor Logan. So we call him, because he, he's, he's kind of old now, right? We call him, he, a lot of people call him Papa Logan. It's a nickname. He's like a grandpa, you know, and he, he's an awesome professor. And, but Berto and I, we call them because we're Hispanics and we want to stand out, I guess. We call him Abuela Logan. Abuela Logan, Abuela Logan, Abuela Logan, right? Abuela Logan, how about this? Abuela Logan, he was awesome. He had so much knowledge. It's awesome. It's amazing. And we learned so much in his class. Amen, brother? So he said sometimes you just need to sit down. He had a friend that just would sit down on a chair. We'll have another chair right there. And he'll just talk as if Jesus is talking. Or he's sitting right there on that chair. Say, Jesus, this is what I'm going through right now. This needs some help. I, I, really, I really need help with this in my life. God, I really, I'm really struggling with this in my life. Lord, Father, my mother and my sister are both getting divorced. And I pray that you give me strength right now. 
please don't just give it to me. Just speak to him like a bishop right here. Just have that intimate relationship. Get on that level. Get on that level with God. That intimacy that you would have with your sister, your brother, your, your friend, whoever it is. Just have that intimacy with God. Just sit down with him. Just invite him. God, come on. Chair's open for you. Let's talk. I want to have intimacy with you, Lord. I just wait. Say, Lord, I won't say a thing for the next 10 minutes, for the next hour, for the next two hours until I hear from your voice. And we need to hear his voice in order to know the calling in our lives. We need to hear his voice in order to know where he wants us to go. Amen? Hallelujah. Lord, Father God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the lesson that you have given Elevate Jesus. I thank you for the lesson that you have given me, Lord Father God, to give to someone.